0: Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh.
1: Welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. I'm excited to have a wonderful topic today, especially since we are facing so many critical times in the world, anything from the weather to war to uh, people that are, are experiencing famine, genocide, pain, all types of things are going on in our world. Who among us has not experienced despair? Whether you've suffered a financial crisis, faced the loss of a loved one, or been fired from a job, and if in South Carolina had your house found underwater, we've all felt frightened and alone. And it is precisely in these dire moments when we rely upon our inner will, drawing on its reservoirs of strength and energy to jump back with tenacity. The will chooses between right and wrong, thus is born responsibility. The will allows us to risk and to renew ourselves, to hold a thought through time and realize a project. The will enables us to face difficulties and hardships without giving up straight away. It gives us discipline. It makes our relationships with others truer and stronger and it leads us towards freedom. This is from the book, Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times by Piero Perucci. Piero is a psychotherapist and philosopher. He has been a student and collaborator with Roberto Astagiola and the founder of Psychosynthesis. He is the author of several books, including The Power of Kindness, Beauty and the Soul, What We May Be, Inevitable Grace, and What Our Children Teach Us. In addition to this latest release, Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times. Welcome, Piero, to 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Thank you. Good afternoon. It's afternoon over there, isn't it?
1: Yes, you are in Italy and it is afternoon. Uh, I'm really excited to have this conversation because we do face a lot of critical things at this moment in time. And I want to start off with the concept of freedom because I think ultimately everyone is seeking some sense of freedom and we tend to be seeking it from the outside, but where freedom really probably needs to be sought is on the inside. Can you talk a little bit about freedom or the lack of freedom and how that influences every aspect of our being?
2: Well, I'm glad we start with freedom because uh, 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 the will has often been associated with uh, strict discipline and uh, authoritarian regime and uh, uh, um, rigidity and therefore lack of freedom, Uh, in my opinion, in the the way I think of the will, it is the essence of freedom. And uh, undoubtedly in uh, in the West, in uh, our country, in your country, in my country, um, there is uh, quite a bit about outer uh, freedom and uh, it has been uh, a conquest that we have freedom to vote, we have freedom to move as we want and uh, marry the people or divorce from the people that we want, choose uh, the job that we want. However, if uh, we look within, uh, the freedom becomes much less and uh, maybe the battle that uh, we have uh, fought for a long time to conquer physical outer freedom should be now uh, done inside and because we so often we are prisoners of anxiety, of uh, depression, of um, a low self-esteem. Uh, the starting point for the will for finding one's own inner strength uh, is uh, precisely this finding a place in us that's the best that we I can uh, describe it There's a place in us that is uh, serene that is uh, uh, free that is uh, even uh, uh, perhaps beyond time and uh, if we can uh, are able to reach that place that uh, I sometimes think of it as a sanctuary. Uh, From there, it's much easier to make decisions. And um, it's uh, much easier to make an act of will. And that act of will will be a true act of will. It will really reflect what uh, we believe and what we are.
1: So often we do get distracted by the outside or very disconnected because we are involved in technology and everything is taking us away from that awareness on the inside. And in the book you actually mention some examples that that illustrate some of that constriction and that uh, release of our freedom that we may not be aware of. And I'd like to read a few of these just so that people can get a sense of that constriction that they start to feel And then perhaps you tell us how that then relates to the inside. You are on the freeway and you've missed your exit. You're forced to drive to the next exit many miles away. That stretch of road is useless, yet you're obliged to do so. You're forced to go in the direction opposite of the one you want and you resent every bit of it. Or you're at a boring meeting and your role constrains you to stay. Or on the phone, having made a series of choices from a menu and now you're waiting in a queue and you can't hang up or you'll lose your turn. Or you're sitting on the phone and you're having to listen to an automated system when you really want to talk to a human person. So when we face things like this, Piero, and they are subtle indications of the lack of freedom that we're feeling, do we look at, at those frustrations and anxieties and the feelings that those kinds of things prompt us to have and and become aware of those on the inside to start to enact some of that freedom and some of that choice and some of that will? Or is it something much deeper than that that we are needing to do?
2: Well, what we need to do is to ob- be able to observe the flow of consciousness from a distance, um, to just uh, observe without judging. And uh, from there, it's uh, much easier to uh, Find one center, the center I was talking about uh, before, our true self. And uh, you were mentioning before um, the force of technology. Undoubtedly, that makes uh, the problem sometimes even greater. In this country, I'm talking to you from Italy. Uh, people, the average person will uh, answer, will look at the uh, smartphone 200. Uh, 10 times every day, and uh, that's uh, another strong, very strong, powerful of uh, distraction to the point sometimes of being an addiction. I believe that uh, uh, most of us live with uh, a small or big addiction or a series of addiction, and that dependency also makes us uh, weaker. Now, the point, uh, you're you asking, how do we uh, become free of that? The way to become free is uh, uh, inner, is to start meditating, is to start observing uh, uh, the flow of consciousness. I have um, an exercise that uh, we call the Temple of Silence. I ask people to imagine uh, a temple And in the temple, there is uh, just uh, silence, uh, silence of uh, fullness. It's not just uh, empty of sounds. um, Silence can be full. And you imagine walking in and being surrounded uh, by silence and becoming one with silence. And that's what... uh, your center is uh, from there, things will uh, be looking uh, with a different perspective, and uh, that's, of course, the place of freedom. That's the place we'll, we need. We all need, uh, I think, a degree of silence, and uh, I believe that need uh, is overlooked in our contemporary society. Um, when there we, is. When
1: we- when we step into that place of silence, Piero, oftentimes those emotions that we have suppressed or those memories that we have repressed start to rise up, and they can bring in, uh, whether it's various thoughts or whether it's various feelings, that that our society has taught us not to face or, or to numb out or to, to stray from by going into the addictions of busyness or many other types of addictions that people have. So in those moments when those types of thoughts and emotions rise up out of the silence, how do we then not fall back into the very conformity that takes us back to places where we lose our freedom, both internally and out externally?
2: Oh, well, we uh, go right into those uh, emotions. Uh, We cannot uh, avoid them or pretend they're they're not there. We have to meet all our demons that's uh, where we gain in strength we don't lose we may be we may feel temporarily uh, more vulnerable but the idea is exactly that to meet the demons i often lecture on the divine comedy and uh, dante in order to reach heaven first has to explore hell in all its different manifestations he has to meet all the demons, uh, all the suffering, all the ugliness uh, um, in order to climb out of uh, of hell and mount, uh, uh, um, climb the mount of purgatory and ascend to heaven. That is a very important and deep um, philosophical and psychological lesson. So we cannot just... Uh, positive think ourselves out of uh, uh, our demons and our problems and our anxiety um, we have to face all of that stuff so if uh, when we make silence we are assaulted by all these emotions we uh, look at them we look into them and uh, then we will see that uh, they are not eternal they will just uh Keep going and something else will come up and then something else will come up and then something else will come up. Everything is transient except uh, uh, our center of of, uh, observation. And that, of course, is a way of uh, building strength.
1: It can help to understand the strength that we already have and that which we can develop. Inner strength is a subtle and intelligent quality. We learn to read reality in other ways, use new strategies, forge our character, retrain forgotten abilities, change the way we relate, and tap our own resources. More importantly still, each of us is faced with a basic dilemma. Are the events of my life the result of forces over which I have no say, or can I in some way mold my existence? If I can see that my life is not governed by factors extraneous to me, but is at least in part decided in my inner world, I will find a surprising new strength. This is from the book, Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times by Piero Ferrucci. Piero is a psychotherapist and best-selling author of The Power of Kindness, and he shows readers how to build and draw strength from this reservoir in his new book. Your Inner Will offers a full program of cultivating the inner strength and will to deal with those common setbacks, illuminating such topics as the pitfalls we face when our inner strength is lacking, what we can expect when our will is helpfully developed, insights from classical mythology and wisdom teaching, neuroscience research, case studies, and psychological exercises. We'll be right back with Piero Ferrucci.
2: The
0: Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Have you seen Eleven Eleven? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Geel Asselin, as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: I invite you to visit my website, imsimmering.com. We are unveiling a lot of new programs and some incredible artwork and other pieces that are assisting people in their awakening. In addition, I have a a free 30 Days to Awakening program that I invite you all to participate in as a gift. And after the show, you can click on the banner to access that. My guest today is Piero Perucci, and you can find out more about him at his website, pieroperucci.it. P-I-E-R-O-S-E-R-R-U-C-C-I dot I-T, Piero Perucci dot I-T. To cultivate inner strength is a basic goal to our mental health, and it is the work of a lifetime. We do not acquire a new strength overnight. This task needs patience and the humility to acknowledge our own weak points. In this undertaking, inner work is the way to go. No one is a static entity, and we can all develop potentialities we lacked before. In the book, Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times by Piero Ferrucci, you will find exercises at the end of each chapter. These exercises are based on introspection, visualization, breathing, reflection, writing, and concrete action. The text and exercises together may be considered a course, for activating the will. Again, you can find out more about Piero Ferrucci at PieroFerrucci.it. And when you go to his website, click on the section entitled Indra's Net. Uh, it's a beautiful section that talks about how everyone in your world is inside of you and you inside everyone else. It's a beautiful expression of how you can see how interconnected we really are. Welcome back, Piero. I want to start back off with where we ended in the last segment, and we were talking about the necessity to dive into the emotions and the thoughts and everything that starts to rise up. But the question arises as to what we do with that, so not to become bogged down in it. And I'd like for you to talk about the distinction between disassociation and disidentification, if you would please.
2: Oh, yes, Um, disassociation is a a defense mechanism, and uh, it's a way in which uh, uh, people defend themselves against uh, painful experiences. And it's a way of pretending that uh, the uh, experience was not just there and one just builds another set of, of uh, emotions and feelings and realities and denies the first. And the mechanism is completely unconscious. And uh, uh, it is pathological. Uh, this identification instead it's, uh, is a conscious act um, in which we step back and we may decide to uh, uh, jump back in any moment we want and we look at the flow of uh, thoughts and emotions. For instance, suppose I feel down, I feel depressed. Uh, If that happens, I am identified with my depression and I feel that uh, that is uh, my whole world. And I relate with others from that depression and I see the world uh, from that state. But uh, I'm not necessarily going to be prisoner of that uh, depression or whatever other state it may be. It could also be a role, for instance, my professional role, my family role. Uh, What I can do is step back and look at that depression and just see it as a thing, as something that's out there, and realize that I am not that depression. I was there before the depression came, and I will be there after it came and uh, little by little i realize as you know it, it's an awareness that comes little by little but it comes it is there i realize that i can be a center of pure consciousness and uh, the center is a part of me that is uh, neither male nor female neither you know it's the same in uh, in success and in failure and it's always here it's always now it's a very comfortable place to be in uh, whatever the mood that I may be experiencing could be so that's a place that uh, can become available and it becomes available through this identification which is a little bit like going uh, on top of a mountain or top of a hill and looking at uh, the whole landscape. And then I can, of course, decide if I so decide to um, jump back in the emotion and uh, be one with it. Uh, But then I have the choice. I'm not uh, a prisoner of that state. Um, I am in charge. And that makes, of course, uh, the whole difference.
1: Piero, when you're talking about that, it it, it makes me think of the experiences that I've had over the past two years. And what I've discovered in meeting up against some critical times in my own life is it required me to let go of the identities that I had formed. And with each identity that let go, there were certain beliefs that had to also uh, be let go of. And as I moved into each step, Although it felt like I was moving away from who I was, I was actually moving more towards who I really am as essence. I think in the inspirational and the spiritual fields, or in motivation, the concept of who you really are or believing um, has been a little bit misconstrued because it's really more about letting go of beliefs and letting go of identities to embrace more of what one's own true essence is. How do you feel about those thoughts?
2: Well, we I feel that we, um, by uh, disidentifying, you sound like uh, you have been disidentifying from uh, several of your identities, but I'm sure they're still available to you if you want. And uh, uh, it is... Uh, uh, If you experience that as a greater freedom and as greater perspective, then you know that you are on the right track. If it feels like an effort, if one feels uh, oppressed by what one is doing, then uh, that's not the right way to go. Um, And when we
1: are looking at the world and there is so much oppression out there, then what is that distinction between free will, inner will, and divine will?
2: Oh, that's a big question. Uh, I would say that (laughs) free will and inner will are just about the same. Because uh, if um, we can find our inner will, then we have this freedom to choose. The debate about uh, freedom of will is... uh, a very old debate, and uh, it won't be solved today or tomorrow, and uh, there are many different ways of looking at it. I believe that there are times, uh, there are states of grace that we sometimes experience in which we feel that uh, the whole universe goes on by itself, and there's no effort uh, involved, and everything just uh, happens. We don't make a choice, but uh, we find it, and um, we feel part of a flow that is uh, uh, greater than ourselves, and that brings us uh, feelings of uh, joy and uh, uh, also lightness. I would say these are peak experiences, and uh, many of us, probably all of us, have had them, but. Uh, I don't think we can live there all the time. These are very precious moments but then they don't last our whole life. Uh, Then we come back and we are back in the battle. We have to uh, pay the bills and we have to do our job and we have to meet uh, unpleasant uh, people and we have to face injustices and all the Uh, uh, all the normal cores of uh, everyday life which for many of us is a a battle, it's full of difficulties and frustrations and so on and so on and that's where we need uh, um, uh, uh, will, persistence, resilience, uh, the capacity to choose, the capacity to be autonomous uh, in the day-to-day life. Then uh, perhaps once in a while we'll also feel uh, what you call the divine will, the unity with, uh, with the universe. And uh, even people, also people that don't believe in God, uh, even uh, an atheist can uh, experience that. He will just describe it in a different way. But I think it's part um, it's part of the human spirit, it's part of who we are. We, it may be experienced as being one with nature, for instance, um, or being part of, of a greater entity, but um, it is uh, definitely within our heritage, and uh, we pick experience is a part of our lives. So there's space for uh, um, both things, I think.
1: We cannot feel strong without finding in ourselves the place where tranquility reigns, where we feel truly ourselves. When our emotions threaten to overwhelm and devastate us, we can find the center of our being. When we are subjected to intolerable pressures in the midst of stress, in the nightmare predicament, we can retreat to an inner sanctuary where nothing disturbs, crushes, or distracts us. This discovery offers us a pristine feeling of freedom and serenity. This is from the book, Your Inner Will, Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times by Piero Ferrucci, who is a psychotherapist and philosopher, in addition to the author of several books, including The Power of Kindness, Beauty and the Soul, What We May Be, Inevitable Grace, and What Our Children Teach Us, in addition to the book we're discussing today, Your Inner Will. You can find out more at pierroferrucci.it. We'll be right back with Piero Ferrucci.
0: Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Feeling free is the number one prerequisite for health and happiness. We may feel captive to our own automatisms, obligations, and fears. Pressure from others may also oppress us. Freedom or lack of freedom colors every aspect of our existence. In principle, each of us is free. What we decide is our own choice. Our freedom is not given, however, but must be won day after day. We can choose to embrace new ideas and new values, cultivate different interests, begin new activities, and develop new relationships. In other words, enlarge our range of choices or even radically change them. Are we up to the task? Your Inner Will is the latest book by Piero Perucci, and it is an immensely practical guide that helps readers navigate crisis and pursue more purposeful lives. This book provides complementary aspects of the will, including autonomy, freedom, courage, resilience, and integrity, in addition to exercises that guide the reader in the development of each of these areas. Piero Perucci is a psychotherapist and philosopher, and his additional books are The Power of Kindness, What We May Be, Inevitable Grace, and What Our Children Teach Us. It would be important for you, especially at this time, and for probably people in your life, to pick up Your Inner Will by Piero Ferrucci. Welcome back, Piero. Thank you. I want to get into um, a little bit about the will, and it's almost as if we can understand the will a little bit better if we first think about its absence, that feeling of impotence and indecisiveness that you describe in the book. Or, actually, let me read what you describe it as, the ground on which depression can run right, a state of apathy and inertia that lets other people or events of life decide for us, conformism, following public opinion, fashion, hedonism, taking monetary satisfaction without any further aim, shyness and fear, which stop us from openly expressing our point of view or taking a risk, shallowness, which doesn't allow us to deepen relationships or enterprise, feebleness, which makes us spare ourselves, taking care not to graze a knee or not to sweat too much, When I read those words, I think about how many people must be saying, oh my goodness, that's where I am, that means I have no will. But yet, it is because of these things that we develop a will. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about how important these are in the creation of our inner will.
2: Yes, well, um, let me tell you how I came to the decision of uh, writing this book, even though I had been working on this uh, a subject as a psychotherapy for a, a long time, but I noticed that, uh, um, you know, I had, uh, one of the books that I had written, as you mentioned before this one, was uh, um, The Power of Kindness, because I think kindness, love, and warmth, and gratefulness uh, are just the essence of our life, There. are our highest uh, value and the greatest gift that we can have in life. But I noticed that uh, many people, including the people that came to me for therapy, but in general, I I noticed that there are many very kind people around. And uh, they may also be quite uh, talented and creative, but um, they are also scared or they feel powerless, they don't feel up to the situation, they feel uh, um, indecisive, they feel weak, and uh, therefore all the wonderful stuff that they feel inside cannot be expressed and uh, acted upon. And that's how I became more and more convinced that uh, in order to... uh, express all our highest values and potentialities it is uh, necessary, it's crucial to also develop uh, some degree of inner strength even, you know, people that may not have uh, the will as a, a central um, their um, central characteristic. So how do we do that? There are many different ways. Um, I can just mention a few One, of course, is uh, uh, practicing the will. Uh, I ask sometimes people to um, do some small acts of courage, to uh, find uh, a way of getting out of their comfort zone and do something that makes them feel just a little bit um, insecure, just a little bit. And... um, and then they do it. And um, perhaps, for instance, talk to a difficult person or uh, um, anything that just makes us, uh, that is a challenge. And anytime we make an act of courage, we um, extend our area of our comfort zone And we become stronger, we become more courageous. It's something that we can train. Any aspect of our being to which we give some more attention, we will feed. Attention is not neutral. And uh, it's like giving water to a plant. So if we give a lot of attention to our... Uh, despair and our depression and our anxiety, they will grow and become like sequoias. Um, We have to give them some attention, but then we can uh, give uh, attention and practice to what really counts for us. And among them may be also the sense of inner strength that uh, Is really at the base of everything because um, uh, what uh, project you cultivate, uh, the people you choose as friends, the philosophy you embrace, uh, the path you follow, the idea you support is uh, a choice. It entails the will. The will is what uh, uh, the instrument with which we give uh, shape to our life. And um, as anything else, it can be developed, cultivated, and practiced day by day. And if we just do a little act of will uh, every day, things will change, and they may change also pretty fast.
1: You say in the book that the inner will is actually the most democratic aspect of life that we have, that it is something that is available to everyone. And there are a couple of stories I'd like to go into that are in the book. One of them has to do with Ines, who is a woman that you, was a client, and she had really stepped out of a lot of the uh, dominance emotionally and um, and personally from her family to want to fly and move to another place where her her fiance or boyfriend was and she calls you from the airport thinking that she needs to change her mind or make a mistake and you stayed quiet and just listened rather than trying to coax her or convince her or guide her. You literally just listened and I found that to be so powerful and can, can you tell the audience why that is so necessary? for the empowerment of the other individual rather than to necessarily feel like you have to jump
2: in and fix the situation oh, for another person. Absolutely. Well, that is the biggest temptation for any uh, psychotherapist, any educator, any counselor or coach or whatever, to jump in and fix and uh, advise because it makes us feel so good. But uh, the whatever we do for another person, that person won't be able to do it for herself. And I can tell you, when that woman called me and she was on the verge of you know, taking the plane and flying to her freedom, to her choice, but she was still doubtful and she may have gone back, I felt so powerful the temptation of saying, oh, well, let's just do it, just giving her a nudge. Uh, but uh, uh, I didn't, and uh, she did it by herself, and that's how she became stronger. Uh, if I had told her, she would have uh, done it too, probably, but uh, she wouldn't have been as, as strong and as uh, convinced. In um, uh, Of course, you know about Montessori, uh, our great uh, uh, educational, um, philosopher, uh, what, uh, she instructed the parents in doing was not, uh, uh, with the little children, not to dress them up, but, uh, as you know, the children take a lot, small children take a lot of time in, uh, dressing them up and, uh, themselves up and they do it very slowly and maybe in the wrong way. Uh, the temptation of every parent is just, uh, okay, let me do it. We're in a hurry and I'll do it for you. But the moment we do it, uh, they don't do it. Whatever we do for children, they don't do it for themselves. It's always the same story. We try, uh, even for very good reason, to be at uh, the helm of uh, somebody else's ship. And uh, many people certainly trying to do that uh, For us, many people, you know, what's more precious than our will? Everybody wants to tell us uh, the decision, the choices that we should take. Um, And we have to defend the the freedom of uh, choosing what uh, we want to do. And that's uh, not easy. That's why we need will. We need to be in touch with the capacity to choose in an autonomous way. That is a great source of uh, freedom and also of uh, joy and happiness.
1: Well, and you state that the will is actually an essential survival tool, that it creates the space for ourselves so that we move past our own inertia and shyness and we're able to move out into the world in a greater way. When we come back, I'd love to have you talk a little bit about how we allow our children to be raised from that standpoint so that they develop these aspects of freedom, centering, will, plasticity, the many beautiful topics that you discuss in this book, your inner will. My guest today is Piero Ferrucci, and you can find out more about him at PieroFerrucci.it. That is It. The will is the central theme of this book. The absence of will makes our life tiring, bitter, sometimes impossible. We become slaves to others or victims of our own inertia, incapable of realizing anything we deem worthwhile. To rediscover our will is like breathing oxygen after a long apnea. We feel reborn. Life takes a new direction. Our strength returns. We have the feeling of being at the helm. Some say they feel more focused. Others feel galvanized. What we will equals what we are. Because through our choices, we build our life, express ourselves in the world, and are known by others. This is from Piero's book, Your Inner Will. And I invite you again to go to his website, pierroferrucci.it. We'll be right back with 1111 Talk Radio.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. Discovering the heart and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www1111 magcom 1111mag.com. Being Here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane, right here on the Seventh Wave Network. This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: The best-selling psychotherapist and author of The Power of Kindness offers a concrete program for developing the will, a faculty we greatly need to face life's hurdles and to embark on our most meaningful projects. All of us experience periods of gloom, fear, and uncertainty, but we each possess deep reserves of inner strength and wisdom for dealing with such setbacks. Indeed, it is the very arrival of darkened circumstances that can summon our untapped energies. In your inner will... Piero Ferrucci explores how to play on the iron cords of our interior selves. In this stirring and deeply practical work, Piero provides a full program of the, for the cultivation of the will by employing insights from classical mythology and wisdom teachings, neuroscience research, case studies, and psychological exercises. Each chapter focuses on a specific aspect of the will and is followed by exercises that guide the reader in its development. These chapters include Mastery, Autonomy, Freedom, Courage, Integrity, and Resilience. Piero describes the pitfalls we face when our inner strength is lacking and shows us what we can expect when it is healthfully developed. An effective will can guide us in our search for inner freedom. It helps us to take risks and renew ourselves. It makes us feel strong and confident. That is the book, Your Inner Will. And I urge you to get in touch with him at his website, pierrocarrucci.it, as well, and, and look up some of the other information about him. Piero, as we finish out this last segment, I want to discuss one part that probably is not thought about when we consider the will. We often think of the will as a way to get moving, as a way to get busy, as a way to push ourselves forward from a time of stagnation. But it can oftentimes take equal will, to understand when it is time to stop, to have that capacity to stop or have the impulse that can actually save us by stepping out of addictions or harmful habits that we have acquired. Can you talk about the will in terms of stopping and instead of
2: starting? Mm, yes. Well, uh, it's a matter of being able to say no. And... Uh, Sometimes we have to say no or we want to say no to other people and that is uh, not easy. Sometimes we have uh, to learn to say no to uh, uh, something that we want or some, something that uh, we uh, uh, feel that we need. Um, that can be an impelling force especially in uh, our civilization where all kinds of needs are uh, uh, magnified or even created uh, anew. Now, the idea is to uh, be able to create a space and to say no, or at least not for now, and uh, that, like any muscle, can be uh, exercised. I'm not talking about uh, the, necessarily about the big addictions. I I think for the big, uh, important, uh, grave addiction, um, work on one's own own is not enough. You need the support by professionals, by groups. Uh, You need the support of a group. But uh, all of us have uh, smaller dependencies and uh, in general, we are, as I was saying before, we are uh, assaulted by uh, entities that uh, want our, our will. Everybody wants to sell us something. Everybody wants us to uh, do what they want us, uh, what they want us to do. And uh, that's where learning to say no is uh, incredibly important because uh, saying no to an impulse or to a, a person um, creates an immense uh, space of freedom for us. It creates a lot of time because uh, also because uh, then we don't always have to just follow what everybody else wants us to do and we can mm-hmm. reserve some of the time for us. And uh, yeah,
1: often, yeah, oftentimes, sure. when people think of that, they think about that as mastery, or they have their own conception of mastery being the, the being successful or achieving the pinnacle of something. You talk about mastery as being uh, a way of self-regulation and really mastering the inner self as opposed to the outer self. Could you talk a little bit about that in terms yeah. of
2: of the inner will? Yes, I think uh, uh, the uh, experiment, the research of the children that are left uh, uh, alone with a marshmallow for 15 minutes. They're four years old, and uh, they uh, have the temptation. They, they're told either you will uh, uh, eat this marshmallow uh, and uh, uh, surrender to the temptation, or you can learn to wait Uh, for 15 minutes. And when I come back says the uh, experimenter, you can eat it and you can eat another marshmallow too. It's a very famous experiment, probably the most famous in the history of uh, psychology. And uh, children, uh, usually it's one third of uh, the children who manage to uh, Uh, say no to wait until they uh, they eat the marshmallow. They wait 15 minutes, which for a four-year-old child is a long, long time. When they grow up, they've been followed for uh, up to, in some cases, the research has gone to up to 30 years after. It's a long research from several years ago already. And the people who are able to master themselves in this way are better in relationships. They are uh, stronger in their projects. They are less prone to use substances and to have uh, trouble with the law. They are better academically. Uh, Their relationships uh, last longer and uh, stronger and so on and so on. And all of that is because of self-discipline. Uh, our uh, civilization is based on immediate gratification. We see something, we want it. We want to eat it, we want to drink it, we want to smoke it, we want to possess it. Uh, Here the idea is just uh, uh, to say no, at least uh, not for now. Let me wait for five minutes, let me wait for ten minutes, let me wait for a day, and maybe I will even forget about it because needs when they come they are imperious they uh, have this strange power of convincing us that uh, we absolutely have to satisfy them um but if we are able to wait even if a few minutes sometimes we see them we may see them in an entirely different way they may very quickly deflate and um we can see them that they're not what they appear to be at first. And uh, then, uh, by that time, we have become stronger. Again, uh, if we train the will this way, in just postponing gratification, uh, we, um, uh, we may have uh, successes, but we may have uh, small or big failures. It's a matter of just uh, persevering. And the um, symmetrical um, act in this is, uh, it's all a matter of timing, because sometimes we want immediately what we feel that we need, but at other times we uh, want to postpone indefinitely what we dislike to do or to face. We, and, and and we are
1: in a place of timing where I would love to continue on, but we have reached the end of our show. And so, if okay. you want to find out more about this brilliant book, Your Inner Will Finding Personal Strength in Critical Times and this wonderful man, Piero Perucci, go to pieroperucci.it. In cultivating inner strength, we shall meet assets and propensities we already possess because we have acquired them over the course of a long, stupendous evolution. For millennia, we have exercised inner strength, struggling against all kinds of discomfort, enduring famine and the risk of death, venturing into the unknown, risking our daily lives, attempting the impossible. Those who were not up to par did not survive. Those who did survive contributed to human evolution and transmitted us to infinitely precious gifts. The strength and intelligence they brought out in their tough trials now live in us. Scientologists tell us there were 23 different human species. Only one survived, homeo sapiens, the strongest, us. I invite you to discover PieroFerrucci.it, your inner will, finding personal strength in critical times. Connect with me on social media at Simran Singh 1111 or at my website, iamsimran.com. Until next week, in love, of love, with love, and as love, be well. Thank you, Piero Ferrucci, for being on 1111 Talk Radio.
2: Thank you very much.